Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 63. It is Tuesday, February 11th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and it's Safer Internet Day. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, as I mentioned in the title, today is Safer Internet Day. Um, this is coming directly from the CISA site, but you'll see social media posts about this all over the place today. Fe- February 11th, 2020 is Safer Internet Day, a worldwide event aimed at promoting the safe and positive use of digital technology for all users, especially children and teens. This year's theme, Together for a Better Internet, encourages everyone to play their part in creating a safer, more secure internet. Uh, there is a Safer Internet Day website, and that is at saferinternetday.org. You can get some information there. And then there are other links to um, keeping children safe online, dealing with cyber bullies, and rethink cyber safety rules with the tech talk with your teens. Links to all of those are available from CISA's website. So if you go to us-cert.gov slash, slash NCAS slash current-activity 2020, um, you'll see the, you'll see that uh, posting there. I'm going to talk about Altice for a minute. I don't have a, a resource on the internet for this, although I'm sure there is one. But Altice, which owns Cablevision, based out of Long Island, the Altice parent company is in France, suffered a data breach in November 2019 through phishing. It was determined in January that one of the accounts compromised included a report that was password protected. The report included names, employment information, social security numbers, date of birth, and in some instances, driver's license numbers. They did not state how many people were included in that breach, but numerous ex-employees were sent a letter uh, indicating that this breach. So ex-employees were compromised. Um, not a good good uh, look for Cablevision Altice. Um Android, this is on Cyware. Android users targeted in two newly discovered malware campaigns. The first campaign spreads malware through nine different fake utility apps. The second campaign spreads Anibis banking Trojan via phishing emails. Okay, so the first one, um, the apps are Speed Clean Phone Booster, Shoot Clean, Super Clean Light Booster, Super Clean Phone Booster, Quick Games H5 Game Center, Link World VPN, H5 Game Box, Rocket Cleaner, and Rocket Cleaner Lite. Um, so about Android, most of those apps are not needed. Android has built in cleaner applications. You don't need to install third party for that, but if you're going to, you know, you're going to want to use well-known names like Lookout. The second thing, a free VPN, never a good thing anyway. Just stay away from the free VPNs. The second campaign, which is Anibis, is spread through phishing. So, um, avoid opening any unsolicited emails and um, don't click links don't download anything capabilities of that late the latest version of that Trojan include disabling play protect recording audio making phone calls capturing screenshots modifying admin settings opening any URL reading contact list controlling the device via VNC which also should not be used, receiving, sending, deleting SMS, locking the device, searching and encrypting files, retrieving GPS location, that's pretty scary, pushing overlays. So avoid phishing emails. Um, 
on Bleeping Computer, Dell Support Assist Bug Exposes Businesses, Home PCs to Attacks. Now, I will tell you, um, years ago, I removed, I do not leave Support Assist on Dell computers anyway because it is a resource log. So now here's another reason not to keep it. So whenever I purchase Dell for clients, one of the first things I do is remove Support Assist. Dell published a security update to patch a Support Assist client software flaw which enables potential local attackers to execute arbitrary code with administrator privileges on vulnerable computers. According to Dell's website, the Support Assist software is pre-installed on most of all most of all new Dell devices running Windows operating systems. Support Assist also proactively checks the health of your system's hardware and software. When an issue is detected, the necessary system state information is sent to Dell for troubleshooting to begin. It could be used in binary planting attacks, as explained by Dell in its advisory. A local on a local authenticated low privileged user could exploit this vulnerability to cause the loading of arbitrary DLLs by the Support Assist binaries resulting in the privileged execution of arbitrary code. This uncontrolled search path vulnerability reported by CyberArk's Aaron Shimoni is tracked as CVE 2020-5316, come with a high-severity cvssv 3 base score of 7.8, which is pretty high, a 7.0 out of 10. Um, and I'll tell you the versions it affects. It, um, Dell Support Assist for Business PCs version 2.1.3 or earlier and Dell Support Assist for Home PCs version 3.4 or earlier. So if you do have Dell Support Assist on your computer, you're going to want to update that right away. Um, that will, of course, be included in my Patch Tuesday update on Friday on the weekly podcast. Um, I would recommend just removing Support Assist from your computer. There are other ways to monitor those things. It is a resource-intensive application. Um, bleeping computer Ragnar locker ransomware targets MSP enterprise support tools. So we have a few pieces of bad news for MSPs today, which again, I am an MSP, but I share this because I do believe in transparency. Uh, ransomware called Ragnar locker is specifically targeting software commonly used by managed service providers to prevent their attack from being detected and stopped. Attackers first began using the Ragnar Locker ransomware towards the end of December 2019 as part of attacks against compromised networks. When the attackers first compromise a network, they will perform a reconnaissance and pre-deployment tasks before executing the ransomware. According to the attackers, one of these pre-deployment tasks is to first steal a victim's files and upload it to their servers. They then tell the victim that they will release the files publicly if a ransom is not paid. So again, we've I've, I've said it a thousand times already. Um... This is going to be continue. That is going to be a, that trend will continue. So just find other ways to, to mitigate the risk of ransomware attacks. Bleeping Computer has seen various ransom notes from Ragnar Locker with ransom demands ranging from two hundred to six six hundred thousand dollars. And here's the targeted programs they have a list of at this. And I'm sure this list will change, but here it is: VSS, SQL, Memtas, Me. POCS, Sophos, Veeam, Backup, Pulseway, LogMe, LogMeIn, ConnectWise, Splashtop, Kaseya. So that's a big list because there's a lot of big names on there. LogMeIn, Kaseya, ConnectWise, Sophos, those are all big names. Um, something for MSPs to be on the lookout for. Uh, okay, moving along, we have Windows Server 2008. Servers don't boot after KB4539602 update. This is reported on Bleeping Computer, so if, you, if you're still using Server 2008, um, you shouldn't be. But if you are, 
you know, I will no longer boot if prerequisites aren't installed before applying the out-of-band KB4539602 update released by Microsoft on February 7th to patch a wallpaper bug. After being deployed on machines running Windows Server 2008 or Windows Server 2008 R2, the boot file will be deleted and servers will no longer boot according to user reports with dozens of servers being unable to boot as a result. Windows 7 computers are also affected by this problem as users report having the machines rendered unbootable after KB4539602. So there are a list of fixes here. There's um, two fixes. So you can go to the article on Bleeping Computer. It'll be one of the most recent articles. If you are impacted by this, then the fixes will be there. Um, Bleeping Computer US charges Chinese military hackers for Equifax breach. Uh, this is being reported all over the place, but they were they did charge four Chinese, um, four members of the Chinese People's Liberation Army, 54th Research Institute for hacking the credit reporting agency Equifax. That was the big hack back in 2017. That uh, the um, settlement was there was a class action lawsuit and people are being paid and getting credit monitoring although you're not really getting a lot of money for that um but they did arrest the four or they did charge the four people not arrest charge on sophos naked securities website fbi director warns of sustained russian disinformation threat now this really shouldn't come as a surprise after 2016 but it is posted on their site so i will share it russia is still using social media in a sustained campaign to dabble in u.s affairs according to fbi director chris ray ray speaking at a house judiciary hearing on fbi oversight on wednesday february february 5th said that russia is still engaged in an information warfare campaign against the u.s according to a report by the associated press ray singled out disinformation campaigns as a particular threat to the u.s in this testimony warning the goal of these foreign influence operations directed against the united states is to spread disinformation, sow discord, push foreign nations' policy agendas, and ultimately undermine confidence in our democratic institutions and values. The FBI is a three-pillar approach, Ray said, beginning with an open investigation into foreign influence activities spanning field offices around the world. Second, it works with international partners and U.S. intelligence agencies to share information. And then finally, it re regularly meets with social media companies to brief them on the latest threats, sharing specific account information, he said. So the FBI is uh, is keeping a, uh, keeping a tab on those things. Also from the FBI, and this is on CRN.com, FBI MSP engineer arrested in an attempt to sell access to clients. Not a good day for MSPs. I have admin access to the hosting panel. Passwords for each client is provided, and you'll access, access them through RDP. Their client list is sort of extensive. I'm asking for 600 Bitcoin, said Marquise Britt in a post on Torum using his online alter ego Wozniak, the FBI charged. An MSP, MSP employee was arrested last month for trying to sell information that would allow hackers to take over the cloud servers of Atlanta-based Chimera Technologies, according to federal court records. I'm selling access to an MSP, Markavius D. Britt allegedly wrote as Wozniak in a post to Torum. A dark web forums popular with hackers on September 30, 2019, according to court records. He boasted that he has ha he had ha access to Chimera's virtual private servers, which included customers such as law office accountants and pharmaceutical company. 
Britt, 26, of August, Georgia, a former systems engineer at Chimera, is charged, charged with two separate counts of computer fraud, and federal agents did a controlled buy from Britt's online alter ego, Wozniak. He was released on 15,000 unsecured bond and ordered placed on GPS monitoring and confined to his home on January 22nd. And um, you can go read the rest of that story, but um, that is not a, a good look at all. And then finally, the breach report. We have uh, five, five reported HIPAA breaches here. Slew of email security breaches reported by healthcare organizations. So we have in order email account breach reported by Shields Health Solutions. Shields Health Solutions, a stout and mass based provider of specialty pharmacy services to hospitals and other covered entities, has discovered an unauthorized individual gained access to the email account of an employee and potentially viewed copied PHI. Suspicious activity was detected in the email account of an employee on October 24, 2019, assisted by a cybersecurity firm. Shields Health Solutions determined an unauthorized individual accessed the account between October 22nd and October 24th. So right there, they did not meet the, the uh, HIPAA breach rules. The breach was confined to a single email account. The email account contained messages and attachments that included patient names, dates of birth, medical record numbers, provider names, clinical information, prescription information, insurer names, and unlimited claims information. No evidence was uncovered to suggest patient information was accessed or copied. Of course, it goes on to say that they've taken steps to um, mitigate the risk going forward. It's a little too late on that front. Um, a few failures there, as you probably can gather. Lafayette Regional Re Rehabilitation Hospital email breach impacts 1,360 patients. Lafayette Regional Rehabilitation Hospital in Lafayette, Indiana, has discovered an unauthorized individual gained access to email accounts of an employee in July of 2019 uh, and potentially viewed patients' protected health information. The breach was detected on November 25, 2019, prompting a thorough investigation to determine whether any patient information had been accessed by unauthorized individuals. No evidence was found to indicate patient information was viewed or copied, but it was not possible to rule out the possibility. The compromised account was found to contain names, dates of birth, clinical treatment information related to medical services received at the hospital. A limited number of patients also had their social security numbers exposed. They did send out notification letters on January 24th, so they did meet the breach reporting rule. Um, but, you know, once again, fished. 6,524 6, individuals impacted by phishing attack on MHMR of Tarrant County. My Health, My Resources of Tarrant County in Fort Worth, Texas has experienced a phishing attack involving the email accounts of a small number of its employees. That's never a good sign. The phishing attack was detected on December 3rd. The investigation revealed the accounts was accessed by an unauthorized individual between October 12th and October 14th. Emails in the account were found to include names, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and some information about the care receiver at MHMR. Oh, the, I'm sorry, about the care received at MHMR. It was, it was not possible to determine whether patient information was viewed and no information has been received to suggest that any patient information has been misused. Out of the abundance of caution, all individuals whose information was stored in emails and your compromised accounts have been notified by mail. Individuals whose social security number or driver's license number was exposed have been offered complimentary credit monitoring and identity theft protection services. I wonder how much, I mean, these, these credit monitoring services are going to start raising their prices. Reva phishing attack impacts 1,000 patients. I'm not sure how you get that exact number, but the medical transportation service provider Reva 
has announced that protected health information of approximately 1,000 patients, okay, there you go, has potentially been accessed by an unauthorized individual as a result of a phishing attack. Suspicious activity was detected in an email account of an employee on September 12, 2019. The account was secured and an investigation was launched, which revealed further email accounts had also been compromised. Those accounts had been subjected to unauthorized access between July 23rd and September 13th of 2019. A review of the compromised accounts revealed they contained patient names, travel insurance information, dates of service, limited clinical information, passport number, driver's license numbers, and a small number of social security numbers. And then, of course, they were offered credit monitoring and so forth. Um, and an email security has been enhanced to include multi-factor authentication. Isn't that great? Uh, again, they did not meet the breach rule, the HIPAA breach rule. Lawrenceville Internal Medicine Associates email error exposed 8,031 patients' email addresses. Lawrenceville Internal Medicine Associates Lima in Lawrence Township, New Jersey, alerting 8,031 individuals about an email error that exposed patients' email addresses. The error also impacted certain patients of endocrinology associates of Princeton LLC. An email announcement has was sent to patients in October 29, 2019. Two days later, it was brought to the attention of Lima that the email addresses of other patients may have been visible in the BCC field of the email. No other information was exposed as a result of the error. So that's not terribly tragic, but um, I'm sure you can see where that could be a nuisance. So four out of five were um, phishing attacks, right? And I don't know, you know, so a couple of things. First of all, why are we still not turning on multi-factor authentication? Why are we not training employees on how to recognize phishing? Why do we not have any type of phishing mitigation in place? And then fi finally, the, the other thing that I just don't get, why are we storing patient information in email? And not even small numbers here. We have 1,360. We have undisclosed amount. We have 6,524 and we have another 1,000. Why are we why are we storing patient information in email? This should not happen. That is going to do it for the Safer Internet Day version of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. Until tomorrow, stay secure.